You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of August 5th, 2018. The podcast that wrote the book of love. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's put a dog tag on the news of the bogus. We've talked before about the importance of multi-factor authentication, where you use an app like Google Authenticator to punch in a code in a website in addition to giving the site your password. We've also talked about how using texting to do this is a terrible way. Reddit just found that out the hard way. According to Reddit, an attacker breached several employee accounts and was able to get a complete copy of backup data, including hashed and salted passwords, usernames, email addresses, and all user content, including private messages. All of those breached accounts were protected by two-factor authentication or 2FA, but in this case it was in the form of a text sent to the user with a code the user should type in. They said, quote, We learned that SMS-based authentication is not nearly as secure as we would hope, and the main attack was via SMS intercept. We point this out to encourage everyone here to move to token-based 2FA. Hey, are you listening, PayPal? There are several ways attackers can intercept a text. One is to obtain control of the target's cell phone number by any number of attacks, such as impersonating the subscriber to the mobile provider's retail store. It's also ridiculously easy to tap into the transmission using decade-old weaknesses in the SS7 protocol which is used to send texts. Security professionals have for years recommended moving to token-based 2FA, where an app such as Google Authenticator, Authy, or Duo generates a token which is never sent across any network. Even more secure is a physical security key from a company such as Yubico that either displays a token or is plugged into the computer directly. SMS-based 2FA is still better than none at all, but not by much, and it does not work to put in a more secure system, but use SMS as a fallback. A system is only as strong as the weakest means of gaining access. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. 
They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. Speaking of security, we've talked a lot about that idiotic going dark rhetoric of people like former FBI Director James Comey and the insistence that we all have to weaken our security so law enforcement can gain access anytime they say they need to. Sorry, but new FBI Director Christopher Wray isn't any better than his predecessor. He's threatening legislative action if tech companies don't come up with some way of responding to search warrants. Quote, I think there should be room for compromise. I don't want to characterize private conversations we're having with people in the industry. We're not there yet for sure. And if we can't get there, there may be other remedies like legislation that would have to come to bear. Yes, because you can always change the laws of mathematics by putting words on paper. Laws are magical incantations after all. Quote, we're in a country that has unbelievable innovation. We put a man on the moon. We have the power of flight. We have autonomous vehicles. The idea that we can't solve this problem as a society, I just don't buy it. Yeah, we should be able to make 2 plus 2 equal 5. Come on, nerds, nerd harder! Bruce Schneier on his blog linked to a CSIS report saying that going dark is far from the most pressing issue. Quote, Survey results indicate that accessing data from service providers, much of which is non-encrypted, is the biggest problem that law enforcement currently faces in leveraging digital evidence. In other words, as we've pointed out many times on this podcast, they can't even do anything when the criminals communicate in the clear. Quote, this is a problem that has not received adequate attention or resources to date. An array of federal and state training centers, crime labs, and other efforts have arisen to help fill the gaps, but they are able to fill only a fraction of the need, and there is no central entity responsible for monitoring these efforts, taking stock of the demand, and providing the assistance needed. A Politico article said, quote, Law enforcement officials also reported receiving barely any digital evidence training, Local police said they'd received only 10 hours of training in the past 12 months. State police received 13, and federal officials received 16. A plurality of respondents said they only received annual training. Only 16% said their organization scheduled training sessions at least twice per year. Basically, the FBI is so busy bemoaning all the data they cannot get to that they're failing to make use of the data they can. This is the same point that Susan Landau, professor of cybersecurity policy at Worcester Public Institute, made in the wake of the Apple San Bernardino iPhone controversy we covered in depth. Quote, Law enforcement continues to see electronic surveillance in 20th century terms, and it is using 20th century investigative thinking in a 21st century world. Instead of celebrating steps industry takes to provide security to data and communications, the FBI fights it. Instead of embracing the communications and device security we so badly need for securing U.S. public and private data, law enforcement continues to press hard to undermine security in the misguided desire to preserve simple but outdated investigative techniques. If the information on the phone is accessible to Apple, it will be accessible to others. And this promising and important solution to protecting login credentials, which is, by NSA's description, the most valuable way to break into systems, will be ineffective. That's why locking down the data is so crucial for security. 
Rather than providing us with better security, the FBI's efforts will torpedo it. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. For years, netizens have had to deal with perfectly legal extortion rackets in the form of piracy accusations. They claim that you, or really someone using your IP address, pirated a movie, or really connected to the same BitTorrent tracker other people were using to pirate a movie, therefore you owe them money. This practice has often been called copyright trolling. The thing is, they're relying on you being intimidated and paying the fee. They are not relying on you fighting back, and so when they do, the copyright holders often drop the complaint. That is exactly what happened when Darren Brinkley was sued in a Utah federal court for allegedly sharing a copy of the movie Criminal. According to Brinkley's lawyers, quote, Plaintiff persisted, forcing defendant to retain counsel and incur significant attorney's fees and costs. Yet plaintiff had no intention of litigating its claims. Rather, these filings are shameless efforts to extort inflated settlements from infringers and non-infringers alike. That's what they said in a new motion where Brinkley is suing Criminal Productions to recover attorney's fees. Criminal Productions kept the case going up until Brinkley's lawyers readied a motion to compel discovery, and then Criminal Productions sought voluntary dismissal of both its claims and Brinkley's counterclaims. So basically, as soon as Brinkley's legal team started looking into how Criminal Productions was conducting business, they dropped everything like a hot potato. Quote, These tactics should at minimum require that defendant Brinkley be made whole for plaintiff's filing of litigation it clearly had no intention of pursuing and that may have had no basis in the first instance. This is the very definition of cut-and-run litigation. They're suing for over $62,000. Here's hoping they win. If they do, it'll make the extortioners think twice next time. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the Internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the Internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your Internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. 
LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to hold a mirror up to this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to the Broward County School Board, who released a report on the Parkland shooter to the Sun Sentinel after a public records request lawsuit. The report was heavily redacted, or, well, it was supposed to be. The school board midged the whole thing up. Sun Sentinel reporters Brittany Wallman and Paula McMahon discovered that a lot of text regarding Nicholas Cruz's years in the school system, what the district knew about him, and what mistakes they made with regards to discipline were right there in the report for them to review, so they wrote their story on that basis. So the school board, thinking they can remove pee from a swimming pool, filed a motion against the Sun Sentinel to remove the information that was supposed to be redacted. They're wanting the impossible. This information is out there, and even if the Sun Sentinel takes it off their website, there are almost certainly lots of copies of it still floating around out there. What goes out on the internet stays on the internet. But it's also completely ridiculous. The Sun Sentinel did nothing but publish information they lawfully received. It was the school board that was supposed to handle the necessary redactions, and it was the school board that screwed it up. Even if the Sun Sentinel agreed to the redactions, that doesn't mean they should just pretend they never got information the school board handed them. The school board screwed up, but they want to pass the blame on to other people. People with a constitutionally guaranteed right to publish information they're given. What they're asking for isn't just covering their sorry rear ends, it's outright censorship. So all of that makes the Broward County School Board this week's biggest bogan emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Pagosity.tv, and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to Get5.Pagosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to Prime.Pagosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to Kindle.Pagosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.pagosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now let's give a basic math lesson to this week's Idiot, 
And this week it goes to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the self-styled socialist who defeated the incumbent Democrat in this year's primary for congressional representative. She's got a lot of fans, despite saying a lot of completely stupid and ignorant things. Case in point, in a recent CNN interview with way-too-credulous Chris Cuomo, she asked, How come the U.S. can pay for all this war, but not Medicare for all? Quote, We write unlimited blank checks for war. We just wrote a $2 trillion check for that GOP tax cut, and nobody asked those folks how they're going to pay for it. Yeah, how are we going to pay for all that letting people keep their own money? Not only has she apparently never heard of the Laffer Curve, she even said it was tax cuts for billionaires, not apparently realizing that this isn't money that the federal government is getting in revenues to begin with. It's money that firms are holding overseas to avoid excessive taxation, doing business instead in countries such as Ireland with much lower taxes. And the tax cuts seem to be working. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, GDP growth was 4.1 in the second quarter of 2018. During the Obama years, it never topped 3%, and Obama was coming in during an economic downturn when growth should have been easy. As for the Medicare war comparison, the total military spending for fiscal year 2017 was $590 billion, about 15% of the federal budget. That same year, Medicare spending was $702 billion, $112 billion more than military spending, on Medicare for 55.5 million beneficiaries. If you extend that to the entire U.S. population of 330 million, that ends up being $4.1 trillion. Tax revenues in 2017 were just $3.32 trillion. So even if Medicare were the only thing the federal government spent money on, it would still mean a deficit of $780 billion. She hasn't even done a basic reality check here. And all of this is completely ignoring the increased costs that always come from this kind of entitlement program. And that's without getting into the issue of unfunded liabilities. She said, quote, Every other development nation does this, but as we've covered repeatedly, they also have horrendous wait times and other forms of rationing while stifling almost all healthcare innovation. And yet, this woman got a lot of support from CNN's unthinking audience, as this HuffPo article shows. Earlier she had told Trevor Noah, quote, A lot of what we need to do is reprioritize what we want to accomplish as a nation. Really, what this is about is saying healthcare is important enough for us to put first. Education is important enough for us to put first. Uh, moron, you can't put two things first. Quote, and that is a decision that requires political and moral courage from both parts of the aisle. Period. But the fact is, there just isn't enough money even just for the Medicaid part. Period. So all of that makes Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this If You Wanna End War, You Gotta Sing Loud edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast.bogosity.tv. 
This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail, or support Shane DK on Patreon or Maker Support to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Thomas Sowell. It is amazing that people who think we cannot afford to pay for doctors, hospitals, and medication somehow think we can afford to pay for doctors, hospitals, medication, and a government bureaucracy to administer it. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly, with actual peer-reviewed sources to back you up? My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationists' own criteria of what is scientific. Using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific, but creationism is not. Based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon, and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific and never be taken in by creationists again.